to worship at Hollywood United Methodist Church. We are glad you have joined us on this second Sunday in July when we celebrate the new appointment of our associate pastor, Bridie Roberts, and we welcome back our summer choir. We are so glad to have you all under the direction of the incomparable John West. Let us join our hearts and our minds together in the song, To You, O God, All Creatures Sing. Please join us now for a time of prayer. in your sight, O oh God, my strength. 
gracious creator, we gather today in your name to praise you, to offer you worship, to seek your counsel and your wisdom. The beauty of this morning reminds us that there is nothing you cannot do, that each new day is a new beginning, and that we are born anew with it through the power of your love and grace. And for this we offer thanks and we invite your transforming presence. In the midst of the glory of your creation, we are faced with, with the results of our own misuse of it and the devastating effects of climate change, which we know from science we have helped shape. This morning, God, we pray for those impacted by the flooding in New York City, the destruction of the lava and salt wildfires, and the devastating drought throughout our own state. And this morning, even as we gather to pray and worship, we feel the intense heat from the kind of heat wave once thought rare, but now a regular occurrence. Dear God, we confess that we have not always been careful or respectful with the glory of your creation. But we know we can change. And we invite your Holy Spirit to guide us in the process. We pray that we will become better stewards of our environment, of our animal neighbors, of our natural areas, the water and the air. We pray for all those who are impacted by this deep heat wave, the vulnerable, our older community, and our unhoused neighbors. May they find respite from the heat and shelter and safety. And we pray that we will help them do that. Dear God, continue to reveal your wisdom to us and embolden us to be caretakers you envisioned when you entrusted the earth to us in the beginning days of creation. We do love it so and we are grateful for its wonders. And for this we offer our thanks. May we preserve it so that it will flourish long after our earthly life. This morning we continue to pray for all those impacted by the coronavirus. We are grateful for the opportunity to vaccinate and we pray that many more will choose to do so so that we might protect the most vulnerable among us. We pray for all those around the world who are still waiting for this opportunity that they may have it soon. And we name the injustice of the disparity of distribution and we pray for change. This morning we lift up all those in our congregation and community experiencing illness, who are recovering, who have uncertainty in their life and are facing economic hardship and struggle. We also pray for our brother Richard Settle and offer you many thanks for his continued recovery. May we be present in the lives of our brothers and sisters who need us most when they need us. And we are ever grateful for your son Jesus who walked this earth with us and taught us how to value each other in all living things, who was bold, brave, listened when he needed to and spoke when he must, and who taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. 
We are so glad that you have joined us for worship this morning. Uh, if you are in the Los Angeles area and you can come by between 12.30 and 2, we'd love to have you come by and say hello and greet Pastor Bridie warmly in our air-conditioned gym. And yes, there will be cake if you get here soon enough. So come on by and say hello to Bridie and uh, just welcome her officially to uh, our life and our ministry here. All that we do here is made possible by you, by your prayers and your presence online for now, but coming back together in September. Your service, your witness, and your financial gifts. So I encourage you to continue to be supportive of our ministries online, as well as the ability to grow them when we come back in September, both here in Hollywood and in Toluca Lake. God bless you. reading from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. A shoot shall come from the stump of Jesse, 
and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and, the, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Words of God, words of life. Thanks be to God. Before I start, I just have to say how wonderful it was to hear a choir and thank you, John West, and the members of our summer choir. I'm telling you, I know you all at home experienced what I did. It's just such a joy, so thank you all. Today we continue our annual summer sermon series, Crossflix. During July and August, we're looking at films from all genres, classic, documentary, award-winning, animated, and we're discovering where faith intersects with film. This really is my favorite sermon series of the year because it gives us the opportunity to introduce the concept of finding faith and spirituality in secular society to our friends and family who might not be particularly religious or who have a suspicion of organized religion but are open to the values that we uh, have in this faith community. Next week, our Director of Children and Family Ministries Kevin McCluskey will be preaching on the film Sound of Metal. Be sure to see it if you haven't already. Now, today we're focusing on the Oscar-winning documentary, My Octopus Teacher. How many of you have seen it? Yay, okay, good. It's the true story of Craig Foster, a filmmaker who is facing burnout and an existential midlife crisis, who decides to take a year off and do a daily free dive without oxygen or a wetsuit, into a kelp bay near his home off of Cape Town, South Africa. On one of his early dives, he encounters an octopus whom he decides to follow and learn from. This, the, documentary, the documentary chronicles his daily dives and interactions with her over the course of a year. Let's watch the trailer. started seeing this really strange thing. A lot of people say an octopus is like an alien. But the strange thing is, as you get closer to them, you realize that we're very similar in a lot of ways. It's a hard thing to explain, but sometimes you just get a feeling and you know there's something to this creature that's very unusual. There's something to learn here. I had to have a radical change in my life, and the only way I knew to do it was to be in this ocean with her. And then I had this crazy idea. 
What happens if I just went every day? But you realize that there's a line that can't be crossed. about your family, your child. I hadn't been a person that was overly sentimental towards animals before. I realized I was changing. My relationship with people, with humans, was changing. What she taught me was to feel that you're part of this place, not a visitor. That's a huge difference. Foster is simply an observer. It's not his intention to intervene in the octopus's habit, habitat, rather. That said, he marvels at the intelligence and the creativity of the octopus. Her ability to hide herself among shells and rocks in a matter of moments when she senses danger lurking. But for whatever reason, the octopus begins to acknowledge Foster as safe, in human terms, as a friend. A relationship of sorts develops. It begins with Foster's hand extended and the octopus tentacles attaching to his finger openly. And then he observes her simply, simply being in her natural habitat, aware but unbothered by Foster's presence. And then one day, she simply rests herself on Foster's chest as a form of bonding heretofore unknown or at best rare. A connection, a relationship has been forged and it is beyond beautiful even while the octopus continues on with her natural instinctive life. As one reviewer noted, octopi are incredible and strange. They have this ability to go from something solid to almost liquid in a matter of seconds. The thousands of suction cups on the outside of their bodies are like a second brain. In fact, two-thirds of their cognition happens there, according to scientists. Throughout the film, we see Foster's octopus friend swim like a fish, walk like a dog, and play games like a kid. She changes colors. When she loses an arm in a shark attack, we watch it grow back. In simpler terms, God, Craig Foster's true privilege is one that God uniquely endows on us, God's image bearers. The opportunity to marvel at God's extravagant creativity and the fact that God allows us to live in a world like this. 16th century theologian John Calvin described creation as a large and splendid mansion, gorgeously constructed and exquisitely furnished. And everything in it points to the builder who is God's own self. Jesus often referred to the whole of creation in his teachings whether it was to remember the birds or the lilies of the field, or referring to others as sheep or wolves, servants or doves, or even hens and chicks. Jesus used creation language because it was accessible to the people. 
but also, I think, to remind us that the earth that we inhabit has very much to teach us. Now, our reading from this morning from the prophet Isaiah is one that is typically read during Advent, but it has meaning for us today. Isaiah is describing what the peaceable kingdom of the Messiah, the Christ that is to come, will be like. The passage begins by noting that new life will come forth from an injured tree stump. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Michael Chan at Luther Seminary writes that Isaiah describes a hopeful future in which Yahweh's spirit will alight upon the ruler, resulting in justice for the poor and lowly of the land, and a fundamental reordering of creation's priorities. Life emerges from death. This is the way of Israel's God. The king's righteous reign reorders creation in profound ways. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Chan goes on to say this vision of a reordered creation is remarkable. Predators dwell in harmony with their prey. Carnivorous instincts are transformed and the most vulnerable humans in society, who are children, are free to play with venomous snakes. Interspecies violence effectively comes to an end and harmony ensues. This vision of the peaceable kingdom was portrayed in 62 different paintings by Quaker leader and artist Edward Hicks in the 19th century. Here are just a couple of his works, many of which have animals peacefully coexisting along with a child in the foreground. And in some, we find human factions finding peace with each other in the background. Now, to be clear, Craig Foster did not find the peaceable kingdom underwater. But he did find an ecosystem that allowed him to observe and an octopus who trusted him to respect her world. And it was in that trust that she placed in him. Trust enough not only to touch Foster's finger, but to bury into his chest, not wanting to let go even when he needed to ascend to the surface for air. It was in that trust, that unmerited and extravagant grace that the octopus offered to Foster, that's what allowed him to heal, to first heal himself, and then in turn to heal his relationships with others. And family, that is what grace does for us. Grace tells us that we are loved, that we are trusted, and we are able to move forward with our lives with that assurance. In this instance, that grace was offered by one of God's creatures. But for us, that grace, God's grace, might come from another human who offers us forgiveness and trust when we don't deserve it. It might come from a time of prayer or worship. And then it might come from a part of God's creation. The thing about grace, it is, it is unmerited and it is unexpected. Therefore, we need to be intentional observers of people and things around us, lest we miss an opportunity to experience grace anew. Because you know, family, life, life is short. 
especially for a female octopus whose life ends after just about a year, shortly after she mates and gives birth. In the film, Foster acknowledges his own sadness that she gave up her life for her young ones and is gone from his life. He talks about visiting her den to sense her presence and wondering if its new young inhabitant is one of her offspring in the cycle of life. So what are the lessons that we can glean from this documentary? First, to look for and anticipate grace in the most illogical and unexpected places in this world. Second, to have a respect, a reverence for the entirety of God's creation. One reviewer commented how important that became not just for Foster, but also for his teenage son. They both came to realize just how precious wild places are, how important it is to care for all animals, even the tiny and the unusual ones, and to sense how vulnerable these animals' lives are, and actually how vulnerable all life is on this planet. But in speaking of the octopus, Foster concludes, I fell in love with the amazing wildness she represents and how that changed me. She taught me to feel that you are a part of this place, not just a visitor. For me, this film powerfully reinforced the fact that we are a part of this earth and not just a visitor. Although our time on earth is necessarily limited, the impact that we can each have on God's creation is profound for good or for destruction. Implicit in the film is a plea to impact God's creation for good. Foster said, I have deep concerns for the future of the great African sea forest and the ocean ecosystem. I'm currently seeing effects of an ocean heat wave that has damaged some of the sea forest and the animals in the places I dive. The African sea forest has always felt so strong to me and now I see her vulnerability. One of the big motivating forces we all had when making this film was the hope that it might ignite emotion in people to act toward protection and regeneration of the ocean. We purposely did not include hard conservation issues, hoping that this would arise naturally out of the deep felt emotion that many humans share for nature. Now, for those of us who are Christ followers, being good stewards of God's creation supplements that deep felt emotion for nature and calls us to work for efforts that will bring an end to climate change. NBC News reported this week that June of 2021 was the hottest June on record in the United States in the 127 years that we as a nation have been keeping track. 95% of the Western United States has experienced a drought as we speak, and fire season is nearly upon us. And as I preached this sermon on Sunday morning, June, uh, July 11th, we here on the West Coast are in the third major heat wave of 2021, and we are not even halfway through the summer. Family, we need to speak out for public policies that will mitigate climate change and heal our planet because the time, as we can feel really in this sanctuary, the time is now. 
Now, if you'd like to do something closer to home and you'd like to help clean up just a portion of our beach here in the Los Angeles area, Pastor Bridie and our Harmony Congregation are leading a beach cleanup two weeks from today. It's part of Pastor Mark's sermon series for the beauty of the earth over at Harmony. And Bridie and the Surfrider Foundation will be leading a time of worship and then a time of beach cleanup up in Pacific Palisades. Worship's at 9.30, then a beach cleanup at, noon, at 10, rather, and a noon wrap-up. More information can be found in the chat if you're watching on Facebook or on Harmony's Facebook page or on our website. I encourage you, if that's something that is, appeals to you and you'd like to worship on the beach where it will be definitely a lot cooler, I encourage you to sign up. You don't have to sign up, but we really would like to have a count so we know how many people to expect. And finally, it's important for all of us to remember that we can find healing and wholeness when we stop, breathe, and realize that all of creation belongs to God. As the great writer Anne Lamott says, and I'm paraphrasing, everything works better when you unplug for a while, even you. We saw the octopus regenerate a tentacle after a horrific shark attack. We saw Craig Foster heal his soul and his relationships with others through intentionally caring for this octopus and allowing himself to learn from her. So whatever it is that you are yearning for healing for or from, I pray that you too will take some time this summer to unplug, to rest, to heal your heart and your soul. Spend some time in nature and experience grace anew. And may we all live into the peaceable kingdom of Jesus, our Christ. Amen. Friends, as you go out into the world this week, let the Holy Spirit regenerate the parts of you that need it. And as you take that grace, that power, that passion, and let it heal you, let it make you a worker for Christ in the world, regenerating the broken places around us. In love of nature and our neighbor, go in peace with God's love. Amen.